Hello, race fans. Welcome to another episode of Short Track Guys Podcast, brought to you by ShortTrackExclusive.com. I'm your host, Thomas Battis, alongside two of the same Short Track Guys in the studio, as always. Jim Pokerant, driver of the 07, can't quit fishing.com sportsman, and 2021 sportsman champion. And Ted Baber, the Ted Baber Video Productions, also in the studio with us. What's up, guys? What's happening? Lots of excitement this week. Yeah, <laughs> I can feel it in the air. It's crackling. Yeah. That's right. And we have uh, a little recap from Cordial, I guess, yep. and Watermelon Capital Speedway here. It was a couple of uh, big names that have come and, yep. and, and taken the checkered flag back. Uh, we do have a special guest that's going to be on here in just a little bit. Wow. We've got some short but sweet news from the 07 camp coming up in 2023 here. Well, I just want to first of all uh, say thank you to Scott Wicker. I got back one of my old children. I raced back in the early 2000s, my old super stock. We, me and Ted went down to Panama City this weekend and drug her out of a mud hole and a out from under an old barn and a tree and everything else. It, it just an old car that has an old Chevelle chassis that Rabbit Davis, anybody who's from this area, has been around racing a long time, knows who Rabbit Davis was. Um, uh, Clay Brown drove it. A dude named David Spears drove it, God rest his soul. And a man named Tracy Goodson won a ton of races in that car. I got it and ran it a bunch, finished third up in Montgomery, the best finish I had with her, old girl. But uh, it's cool. I got it back. I'm stripping it down. We're going to paint it. We're going to rehang the body on it and make it all nice and pretty again. Now, my car that I'm running now, I'm trying to get a motor together. Anybody out there that wants to, wants to help a man get a motor, let me know. Uh, we're going to put together a, another 602 and put it in my car. And I've got to thank Ben Cranford for the use of his. i got to get it back to him. The man wants to run it himself. I can't blame him. So it's going to be awesome. Thank you, Ben. Thank you to my crew. Um, and would like to ask for prayers for my crew chief, Martin Beck. He's down in the bed with a blood clot in his leg. Yep. He's not doing well. I just pray for you guys to pray for him for yep. me, please. And uh, that's about it out of my stables. Well, hey, you've got, uh, I think you've got some other racetrack, I guess. We've been talking about this in previous episodes. You wanted, you know, to get around and, and visit some other uh, short tracks. Something in Citrus County. Yeah, uh, Ben Cranford wants to go down there in June and run his car with a 602 in it, so we're going to put it together and put him in it and go have some fun. And uh, I want to take that Chevelle down to New Smyrna. That place owes me a race, and I want to get down there and get with it. <laughs> yeah, I know you've been wanting to get back at that, you know, after what happened. Uh, it, you, that was one of your bucket lists, and you knocked it off, but it didn't, didn't really turn out the way you wanted it. I didn't it. knock it off the way I wanted hey, it. Yeah, right. How about yeah. that? I, I got on the track. I drove around that place. It's awesome, but I want to go back with that wide Chevelle and see how better, much better we can get around that place. It wasn't a bucket so. list. That was more like a teacup list. You barely yeah, got yeah, started. Kind of a little teacup there, but it was fun. It still, it was, still was a great great trip i yeah. enjoyed the fellowship with my friends yeah. and we had a great trip down to uh fort lauderdale and then back yeah. to the racetrack and then back home cool weekend enjoyed it we're gonna do it again we'll make another road trip we'll so. take our hillbilly cell back down there and have a good time yeah our hillbillies yeah that's, that's <laughs> it but hey how about that bubba pollard and augie oh, grill son you, you talk about a great deal to see two of our guys that we root for on a weekly basis yep get it done in Cordial, Georgia. Yep, and in the super end of pro. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Bubba drove for uh, James Finch yeah. and it was a Seneca car. He normally runs Port City, which we do right. a Port City yeah. shout out and we mm -hmm. talk about Port City cars. Well, Bubba couldn't get his car back from uh, California in time. No. Read an article this week where Bubba is going to be running several other different chassis, possibly a Fury, Port City, 
and a Seneca this matter. year. It doesn't matter to him. It's a, it's a race car. It's got four wheels and a steering wheel. He'll get it done. Yep. He got it done in a, in a Seneca, which yep. he drove a Seneca for a year. But um, because of his having to travel, it's going to be hard for him to get his cars because right. yep. he's going to run the whole Stars, Southern Super Series, and the SRL Series. That's going to be a wad to get to and get done. So he's going to yep. have some logistical challenges getting that team. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't, it be, would, wouldn't it be cool, though? Southern Super Series, Blizzard Champion, SRL, and then wins oh. the Stars. That's going oh, wow. to yeah. be a thing. And what about Augie? Oh man, that was great for him to come up and just take it to take them all to task there in, in the pro late race. But in a car that he set up and the driver couldn't drive it, so he climbs in it yeah. and puts a whooping on him. Yeah, yeah I mean, Justin Justin South was supposed to drive that forty three, and uh, for some reason he couldn't make it, and they put Augie in it, and he had already set it up for Justin. And guess what? Well, <laughs> he must have been pretty darn familiar with that setup. Oh, it, it had a can of whoop, whoop, you know what, yeah. sitting in the passenger side for whoever was going to drive it. And Augie just got to be the lucky guy to open it up. In <laughs> yeah. a cool number 43, that's that's even pretty cool there. Yeah. I mean, he drives an iconic one one twelve, which we know that's yeah, Gary right. Ballou's number. Right. But to drive the 43 and win mm-hmm. and it to be Augie, yeah, heck yeah, awesome <laughs> deal, man. That just that made me smile from ear to ear when I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's good news. And uh, it's been a while, really, since yeah. he's been in Victory Lane, but uh, I think it's been two or three years. Yeah. No, he think he won in Montgomery last year in, in the uh, uh, in the the pro series and, and pro late models, but he hadn't won a super race in right. a long time. So, yeah. It, yeah, it's probably been a couple of years. You're probably right. You're right about that. It's been about two or three years since yeah. he won a super race. Now, modified is a different story. <laughs> no, modified, he kicks butt in that BM, uh, BMF chassis car, number one, one twelve, of course. Yeah. But Augie put it on him, son, and that and to see our boy Bubba the Goat get yep. it done, yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah, I think Ted, Ted's yeah. got the lineup, uh, how they how the results and how the finish. The, the finishes, yeah, as we all well know, just heard Bubba Pollard, of course, number one. He uh, outran Corey Heim, Jake Garcia, Casey Roderick, and Timothy or Timmy Watson. I want to say Timothy is just uh, stuck in my head with top five. And then start the second five with the Minnesota Missile, <laughs> William Savalich, Colin Allman, William Byron, Steve Doerr, and Matt Craig, the top ten. It's uh, Gio Ruggiero, 11th, Billy Van Meter, Michael Goddard, Hunter Wright, Tony Elrod, Michael Atwell, Jet Nolan, Michael Hind, and <laughs> I know this is uncharacteristic, but... Chase Elliott was in 19th, Johnny Sauter was 20th, mm. and then uh, Nicholas Noggle, Stephen Nassie, Carson Hosebard, John Kaufman, and Dusty Williams. And it's pretty unusual for Nassie to be that low in the standings, too. Yeah, he broke. But, uh, you know, Chase did an interview and said that he was going to have he, – he said, you just can't come jump back in one of these cars and, and run up front. And he had his old crew chief with him. So that was pretty cool too, Ricky Turner. Yeah. <laughs> so they were reunited. I mean, they'll, they'll, they run some races. They'll do pretty good, I think. But that was pretty neat. I I, I enjoyed seeing that. That yeah. was that was pretty cool of him to show up. Man, there's a bunch of big names in that race. And oh yeah. <laughs> our boy to qualify third and then put the smack down on him and on old tires too because he pitted early, and Corey Hine pitted later. He was coming with new tires but couldn't get him. Mm. So that'll tell you. Oh yeah. And then uh, we. Uh, Discussed the uh, pro late race, obviously, and told mentioned Augie Grill won it, and he outran Caden Quapel, uh, Michael Hine, Kale Hall, and Dylan Fetcher in the top five. And Katie Hettinger had a, a, a sixth place finish. Bryson Schaefer, Seth Christensen, uh, Brett Suggs, and Cody Hall a top ten. And Steve Dorr, eleventh, Zach Dixon, Jolyn Wilkinson comes in thirteenth, Robbie Taylor, Spencer Bragg. Johnny Armandia, our uh, good buddy from the uh, great state of Texas. Yep. <laughs> uh, Kyle McCollum, Joseph Meyer, David Reagan, 19th, Gavin Graham, 20th, Josh Hicks, 21st, and then Benjamin Jones, Dawson Sutton, 
Nicholas Noggle and Brian Demlin rounded out the uh, finishing order. That was a good deal up there. I, I thought it was cool. Yeah. I think Katie Katie ended up leading a few laps until Augie got by her. I yeah. think, you know, coming towards the end, uh, not like two laps towards the end, but I right. think she was leading and uh, he couldn't hold off Augie. All he had, well, apparently he had that car set up pretty good. job. Yeah, he got, <laughs> got it done. That was, done. Yeah, that was a good deal. Yeah. Good, good, good racing and glad to see our boys get a win. <laughs> we call them local. I mean, Augie, obviously, and. I mean, Bubba's close well, enough. Bubba says that Five Flags is his home track. Right. He Every time he talks to somebody and talks to him, he said Five Flags Speedway is his home speedway. Well, there you go. Yeah, that was a Speed Fest recap with Bubba Pollard and Augie Grill taking the wins in the Super and the Pros. Uh, man, what? Uh, let me just bring this up. Have you, you guys seen the pictures of the upgrades of North Wilkesboro? Coming oh, in man. for the All-Star race. It looks great. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? I think that's really cool to bring that uh-huh. old place back. I remember being a kid watching those races on TV, and now that it's coming back strong, the All-Star race, and I guarantee short track racing is going to grow big there. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to run street stocks. We're, you know, That's something we're considering doing, taking a car up there for that street stock race. <laughs> Who knows? I might get the old super stock out of the hole and <laughs> m- put that 358 in there and let her eat. <laughs> Good times. Oh, yeah. Go have some fun. Yeah, Why not? It, it looks like the, the transformation that they've got going on at that facility is just, um, well, I'm going to throw out Dale Jr. Yeah. as being an instrument behind all that because it, um, I, the All-Star race is going to probably be the spectacle this year. Uh, oh, it'll no be doubt. a good yeah. show. Well, this weekend, they're, they're running that thing in the Coliseum, and it was a pretty good show last time. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch, too. I mean, like I said, we're not – we're not cup guys, but it's a short track, yeah. Mm. And they they do a lot of beating and banging. There was guys stuffing each other last year, so it'll be pretty interesting this year. <laughs> and I want to bring up one other thing about the Cup Series, and I think it's dumb, is they they told uh, that you can't do what the Watermelon Man did, right. Ross Chastain did mm. in Martinsville. I think that's silly. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the biggest things that ever happened in NASCAR. That that I mean, Formula One drivers. We're talking about that's legend. Yes. That was so awesome to see him do that. And now they're saying, oh, you can't do that now. If you do it now, you're going to be penalized a lap. Oh, come on, NASCAR. Really? Stop it. Stop being a bunch of bait. Because you know what happened? The big superstars went and cried. Oh, yeah. And he probably went, I didn't make the championship round because he did that. That's not fair. He did what he had to do to get there. That's oh, all dude, that was, that was big balling right there, son. Yeah. That's just D's nuts hanging out the <laughs> passenger window. Yeah. That's right. all I got to say. It wouldn't, it wouldn't put it past me to have that an SB award. <laughs> yeah. oh, it, it for some be. whatever category they have to come up with, but that's an SB award trophy for it that kind of move. Be the number one award for any sports show yeah. in the United States and overseas, because dude, you had to have brass, huge hairy testicles to <laughs> put that thing in fifth gear and go. I'm gonna rim ride this wall right here and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, stick it on out there. <laughs> I mean, just I guarantee you, according things were sparking when he walked. That's just awesome. I can I can only see inside the car under the shield with Denny Hamlin's eyes going, "What? Where did he come from? What just happened?" Well, I mean, I don't think Denny cried. I should take that back. Denny Denny said it was cool. It was yeah. Chase Elliott and them that were kind of whining about it. Uh, well, yeah, they were they were the ones doing the most whining. Denny goes, "Man, that was just cool. What can <laughs> I say? You know, he didn't he didn't say anything about it, but it was Chase and uh, Kyle Larson." 
Man. Crying about it. Look, dude, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> let, that, let that man bask in the sunlight. He did something y'all never thought about doing, got the job done, made the race, and you're not in the point, so you want to cry about right. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's that's just the way it Rubbin's racing. You just have to do rubbing it. the wall. That's all. Yeah. So what? <laughs> Big Let's, deal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we can just go to next week and race again. That's right. it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Well, we got uh, a little bit more news. Haley Deegan, uh, you know, is going to run the full-time uh, truck series this year, which congratulations. Yeah. Craftsman is coming back on board for the track series, which cool. it's just a little bit more of a comforting series. It's just, you know, Craftsman truck series. It yeah. sounds appropriate. Right. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so Haley Deegan and, and SRX, she's going to be affiliated with that, probably on the dirt track, though. I don't oh. know. I don't know exactly how many races she's going to be involved with but i know she's going to be part of it right yeah that's fine i just i think it's cool that clint boyer and kevin harvick are going to do it <laughs> that should be interesting to watch yeah yep. because those two will wreck each other just to laugh about it <laughs> it's not their car no yeah. but <laughs> i mean that's that's going to be interesting so that srl will be good srx excuse me is going to be good and yeah. and Haley deegan is going to be in a ford I don't know. She ain't impressed me yet when she's gotten to the upper upper echelon yet. She's got some proving to do before I'll I'll make a comment. We'll see what happens. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to come up uh, on Thursday nights now on ESPN, yeah. uh, unlike it was in the previous uh, Saturday night with CBS. But uh, SRX series kicks off, I think, in June um, with a six-race schedule. And we went over that last episode with right. some of the guys that are coming in full-time. Uh, new drivers. Uh, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, we have a special guest uh, that is going to be on the phone with us remotely. Uh, we're going to get to him in just a second. His name is John DeAngelis Jr. Uh, he's from Hubertus, Wisconsin, runs the Arca Midwest Tour Series, uh, as well as a lot of the other big races around. He travels uh, in that super late model and pro late model series. And I think he's got some big news with maybe a Chris Wimmer. Mm, uh, maybe a crew chief and uh you know traveling around this year with uh with chris with a new team and we're going to find out a little bit more about that and more about john deanalyst jr uh from hugh bears here in just a second cool deal okay we're uh on the phone remotely with our special guest john deangelis jr he's uh an arca midwest tour uh super late model hot shoe up there in hubertus wisconsin uh, he does a lot of traveling and, and goes around a lot of big late model races, whether it's pro or super. Um, he has been uh, gracious enough to spend some time with us and tell us a little bit about his story and what he's got uh, up his sleeve in 2023. So, uh, John from the Short Track Guys podcast studio, thank you for taking the time out to be with us tonight. And um, tell us a little about what you've got going on this year. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me on here. Um, we got, I think we got a 14 race schedule going on for this year. Um, we just released this past Monday that we had teamed up with Chris Wimmer, uh, owner of Wimmer Motorsports. He used to house his own cars and, uh, take people to the track through a Toyota program and he's no longer doing that. So, uh, we were able to secure a deal with Chris himself to, house and maintain our cars throughout the season and get us to the track with, uh, with, uh, winning cars for sure. Um, I really look forward to that a lot. Chris and I have worked in the past, uh, 
a few times over the past few years, and every time we've worked together, we've had really good success, and uh, we've even had a few wins together. So this year should be a pretty pretty good one for sure. Um, really looking forward to it. Yeah, how is that? How is that camaraderie going with you? Uh, probably running side by side and trading paint with Chris, and now now you're working together. How how has that relationship developed? Um, I, I think it's going to actually help that we were able to race side by side with each other back when he was still racing. Plus, with uh, you know the cars that he'd take to the track, we'd race against some guys sometimes. Just he knows how I race. Um, he gets like where I need more help by watching that when I did compete against him or one of his drivers. And it just, we work well together and I don't have to explain everything to him. Like he can physically see what the car is doing and, you know, just knowing Chris over the past six, seven years that we really got to know each other pretty good. um, I got a really good feeling about this year and, and we're going to do some pretty good stuff. Yeah, it sounds exciting. I've read uh, a little bit about that story, and I'm 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 really excited. We're all all really excited for you this year. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, well is your 14 race schedule? Are you planning on racing up there only, or are you planning on coming this way some? Or um, mainly all the races are up here in the Midwest. It's it's so tough nowadays. I three years ago I started my own trucking company and. <laughs> trying to find help is uh is really hard to fill semis um you know it's just one of them deals you, you gotta you gotta work to play in unfortunately I'd, I'd really like to race a lot more than what i have planned it's just you know i gotta i gotta do what i gotta do to make a living as well so i think to have a 14 race schedule with how busy work is is still a pretty good schedule for for my uh, business aspect of it, I guess you could say, I mean, I run a truck every day. I'm home two nights a week, no, mostly, and that's about it. So I'm going to be be running all week long and then showing up to the track with cars capable of winning. So, I mean, that helps huge with Chris, and that was one of my big deciding points. But, yeah, mainly up here, um, we are doing, going to do a couple of races down south, the Rattler 250. Um, cool. Not as far south, but we're going to do the Red Bud 400. And tentatively on the schedule, we do have the Derby, depending on how the year goes. That's cool. We're glad to have you back down here. We've been missing you down here. Haven't seen <laughs> you in a while. You know, we Thomas is a huge fan of yours, and we all started watching you when he started talking about you. And you know, we love to see you race down here. And I, I can understand the cost of diesel and everything else has just gotten outrageous. And I've heard a lot about uh, you know, can't find any help. So I understand, <laughs> and that's. That's cool that you get to do that, and, you know, with Chris Wimmer setting the cars up, you know, like you said, he already knows how you drive, so, you know, you should be right out of the trailer competitive without a whole lot of issues. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think I had on for three races last year, and the first two races we uh, set fast time, and we let a bunch of laps, and just racing incidents happened, and we didn't come out on top, but, you know, the third race we ran, we were quick all day practice, quick in qualifying, and we won the first 75 lap feature, started 13th in the second, finished uh, second in that feature. You know, five more laps, so we would have won another one. But uh, yeah, I mean, traveling down south from up here, it's it's fun. I I don't I don't disagree that uh, I'd love to be down there more. It's just you know, it's tough when sponsors up here don't really like the to throw money at race cars like they used to. And I get it; times are tough for everybody, but. I'm hoping we can work something out with somebody between now and the Derby to to uh, actually get us down there and 
you know, help cover some of the costs because past couple of years, it's just been my dad and myself. So, yeah, I can understand that. And there's, there is a lot of local sponsors that do help teams that come from yes. out of town around here. We see it all the time. Derek Thorne and a bunch of guys that, that come down here. And, heck, you ought to give James Finch a call. He usually likes to help people. He, yeah. he buys tires for folks all the time. So, any any help you can get in that regard, then you you definitely sound like you're juggling chainsaws up there trying to keep a a business going and a, a the racing schedule as well. Can't be easy. Yeah, it's definitely tough to juggle both. I uh, I had a full time guy in the shop the past three years, and then uh, he decided he wanted to go do something different. And that's when this whole deal with Chris Wimmer came about basically came down to either getting him to work on my stuff this year and crew chief it, or I was going to have to take a couple of years off to figure out what my best approach at going about to keep racing would be, whether it would be a five race year schedule or 14, like we have planned for this year. Just, just it's not one of them things that wanted to cross my mind, but at the same time, I got to keep a business going to, uh, to stay alive. Basically. Oh, yeah. That's understandable. Well, how did you get started in racing? What 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 got you interested in in getting behind the wheel of a race car? Yeah, so back in uh, 2009, my freshman year of high school, my dad used to help one of the local guys out up here, one of his best friends. He used to race a super late, and uh, you know, I played football, played basketball, baseball, all them sports. Um, had an injury in one of the practices for football and I tore my ACL, MCL, meniscus all at once in my left knee. Wow. Ouch. And, uh, so I was hobbling around on crutches, you know, kind of upset that I couldn't play football that year. And uh, doctors wanted to do surgery right away. Oh, well, we didn't do surgery because they figured I'd heal with the girl's spurt and all that, which I did. But, uh, they highly advised me not to play without surgery. And at that time it was kind of against all odds that I decided I'm like, Hey dad, you know, let's take me to the racetrack this weekend with you. Like, I never really was, like, I'd go, but I wasn't, like, super big into it because I was never in the pits. Well, he took me into the pits that weekend because he felt bad. And I said, maybe I should just do this instead of uh, playing sports. Maybe I'll be able to get along with this a little bit better. <laughs> and it kind of all just started from there. He uh, he made me buy my first car. You know, I was, you know, four, 15 at the time, and I had some money saved up, and I bought this little four-cylinder car for, I think, 1500 bucks, and it all kind of just went from there. And He made me the deal. If I won Rookie of the Year or the championship, he'd move me up. Well, we ended up breaking a, a hub off of, a, I think it was a 1997 Ford Escort and qualifying. Well, it's a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. No, no, no parts stores were open, and we were leading the championship, so we lost it by two points. Oh. Still won Rookie of the Year, so... He goes, ah, I had faith he could have done it, so he moved me up to a late model, and then ever since then, it kind of just progressed from there. That's cool. Cool story. Yeah, heck yeah. Yep. And, and you race up there in the Midwest where there's so many legends. Yes. I mean, guys like Dick Trickle, Rich Bickle, um, Bob Seneker, um, uh, Alan Kowicki. I mean, guys, that when I was, I'm 52 years old, but when I was a little kid, a friend of my dad's took me to Five Flags Speedway, and I saw Gary Ballou when my first snowball derby I went to it was 1980 and I watched him win it and to watch those guys back then and super late model racing to me is getting back to that, getting back to rather than these rich kids doing it. It's actually people like you and Bubba Pollard and guys like that, that are actually racing to have fun and you're putting on a show. That's what I like right. to see. Yeah. Without a doubt. You know, I mean, 
granted you can't win every race but you show up to the track wanting to win and there's only one winner at the end of the day but as long as you can leave the track and say i had fun racing tonight you know battling with really good guys like the midwest up here the competition is so fierce i mean you go to a track that brings 35 cars to a show and there's 30 34 cars or even all 35 cars that are fully capable of winning i mean regardless if somebody breaks in practice but Almost every single car that shows up to the racetrack up here is fully capable of winning. And the competition is just so strong that it, it does help. I mean, it, it creates a better driver for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that Bubba Pollard brought up in that STARS meeting they had in Nashville, is that he didn't want you guys messed with. He said, because super late model racing in your area of the country is stronger than it is anywhere else in the country. And Bubba said, I don't want those guys messed with. We need to make a set of rules to go towards them, not them come towards us. I thought that was very significant and pretty cool of him to say that. Yeah, I don't don't disagree with him at all. I mean, the only thing I wish we were on up here were four barrels. That's about the only difference. Um you know, I love coming down there and racing on a four barrel. It it really makes uh really makes a driver have to drive the car and not so much just let the car do uh do its own deal. And yeah. I feel like part of that could be some of the why everybody's so close up here. I mean, you're taking away a little bit of power, so it's a little bit easier to manage. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, a pro late versus a super late. Right. I feel like a lot of guys don't really like traveling down south only because of that. You know, I mean. They, that's all they've really known up here was two barrels. And they're like, oh, four barrel, you might get scared. But for me, like, that's just a challenge. Like, I, I love a good challenge, you know. And every year we've come for the Derby. I think it took me four attempts to make it or three attempts before I made my first Derby. And we made the next two or three in a row. And, you know, the last time we were down there, we missed it by one spot. It's just, it was one of them years where we were off a little bit and we need to be a little bit better. It doesn't take, but just the little, the, the tiniest bit off on the setup and you miss the derby i mean you can be out by a thousandth of a second it just doesn't take long at all oh there was i think this year what the difference between making it and not making it was like what three tenths of a second yep. yeah i think so it between was, yeah 30th spot was, getting was in was yeah, three, three tenths, tenths. Point three, yeah. three, three to point five six three yep that that's difference. crazy yep. well let me ask you this and this is something i'm always curious about with you super late guys back in the day before they had all this bump rubber stuff and the, the you know stealing the car off and all this stuff the cars were on springs and shocks and the car had to work and the driver had to work more which do you think would be better to drive the old school cars where you the driver has to be behind the wheel or the would you have to have all this technology to make the car work um it's a tough call i mean when i first started super lates back in 2014 you know i was new to it i didn't really want to go all full in on bump stops and uh, it was a lot to learn. I pretty much did my first two years of super late on my own with just, you know, kind of trying to teach myself. And I knew I was, I didn't have really high expectations and, and all that with being in my first two years. And it's a big jump from what we have up here as limited late models on eight inch tires to 10 inch tires, way more motor, adjustable shocks, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran my first year on conventional setup and then went to like the bump springs and all that. I mean, I feel like at where I ran mainly Wisconsin Dells and, and Slinger, I could make conventional stuff work against the guys that were running the bump stop stuff. I mean, my third night out in a super late at Slinger, I finished third. So I thought that was pretty good. With, yeah. You know, that, that was at the time where Lowell Bennett, Brad Miller, Steve Apel, 
you know, all them guys were really, really fast. I mean, there was probably like any given Sunday night at Slinger, there was 20 out of 25 cars that were really fast. And then there's me in the five car bracket where I'm like, I'm kind of out to launch, you know, I'm new to this and I, I finished third and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. That's one of the things we kind of kick around here a lot is how, uh, Money is kind of ruining a lot of things in these in the a lot of the classes now because it just seems like you can you can basically buy a championship and I, I don't agree with that at all because I just don't like somebody just come and spend a whole lot of money and basically buy the championship rather than having to work for it. And it sounds like you've had to work for it a whole lot more than some people have, and then you appreciate more what you've accomplished. I'm sure. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we're not winning. 15 races a year you know you got guys like majeski like him and toby they're a great combo i like the both of them and uh i give them all the props but you know toby never gives up he's always working on on how to be better in a shop and ty is always learning more and more every time he uh every time he gets out on track and you know i don't feel like they're a team that spends a lot of money so they appreciate it a lot more they're just they're, they're doing their work in the shop where it needs to be done. And I feel like this year, you know, with picking up Chris Wimmer, like he, he's one of them guys in over the years, I've accumulated so many shocks and he's like, you're selling three quarters of these. He goes, uh, we're going to keep it simple and we're going to work harder to make wins. And that's what we're going to do. And, yeah, and I'm good. totally fine with that. Like I, I'd rather feel more accomplished by spending less money at the end of the year and have <laughs> four or five wins under our belt. Well, you know, I'm always a firm believer, and and I can't tell my friends I race street stocks. Keep it simple, stupid. The kiss principle, because it, it the simpler you make it, to me, the better off I do. If I try to complicate things, I'll screw the car up so bad I can't drive it. And last uh, 2021, we won the championship at Five Flags in my class, and I rarely scaled the car. I mean, I didn't mess with it. I knew what I wanted, the feel that I wanted. Once I got the feel that I wanted, I had the speed that I wanted. We won races, and we won the championship. But so many people overcomplicate things. They hire too many engineers or they spend all this money at this. I mean, I was racing against guys that were getting DG performance to build them shocks. And I got a buddy of mine that doesn't have a shock dyno. He builds them by with a, with a, with a, uh, uh, his hands. He just builds them himself. He knows what he wants, what, what, you know, that we run the QA ones. He knows what valving he wants to put in them. And every time he builds me a set of shocks, the car goes faster. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny you say that. I mean, we run really well at the Dells Raceway Park up here by us. I've always loved that track. I've been going there since I started in four cylinders. And you know, we won, uh, I think it was two years ago, we won the following 150, and we won the following this past year. You know, throughout the whole year, we, we didn't change a single thing on the setup, and I think we podiumed almost every every race we ran there. That's cool. Not, didn't change a thing, just unloaded with what we know worked, and it, it worked every single night we were there. I, I couldn't be happier because we weren't chasing our tails through the the practice sessions, qualifying, nothing like that. Yeah, I can, I can take my car out and I can make about – we, we got in a wreck one night and bent some stuff and we changed it. And uh, the Tim Bryant said, well, bring it out and run a couple laps. There's a couple cars here. I unloaded it, made seven laps, brought it in, and went right back on the trailer. My crew chief goes, what? And I go, we don't need to do nothing else. Are you sure? I said – it's what's lap times. He told me, I said, we're just as fast as when we unloaded it last time. <laughs> we went out the next yep. week and won the race. So, I mean, you know, it, you're, you're right about that. It, you can, you can do that, but it's technology's gotten way expensive. I mean, you got late model teams that have four or five cars, yeah. Donnie Wilson being one of them. And, and I like Donnie, but man, the kind of money he's making off super late model racing right now. Whew. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, I don't disagree. I like Donnie. He's a good uh, good guy. I get along with him very well. And you know, I I, I got to agree with you. Like the the technology that's coming out for all this stuff is. I hate to say it. I, I don't want to see it happen, but I hope it doesn't kill the sport of super light racing. Right. I mean, a lot of lower budget teams that don't have a 30,000 square foot warehouse shop <laughs> to do this stuff at, it's going to, it's going to dial them out because they're just going to get beyond frustrated that they can't keep up. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, Donnie Wilson's team is in North Carolina, so they can take you to a pull down rig or, you know, if there's somebody who wants to check arrow, they can do that. I don't agree with that. I think that, that we should keep it or, you know, cause we, we, we had a discussion over super late dirt racing versus asphalt racing. I said, well, there's no cup influence in the dirt side. And those guys race for a living. Used to be you had guys like Gary Blue, Mark Martin, you know, Alan Kowicki, Bob Seneca. Those guys raced for a living. Right. They ran all over the Southeast. They ran the North. They ran up there with y'all. They ran all the place and they made money racing super late miles. Well, the prize money doesn't cover what you spend anymore. It used to be close. You could make a living with some sponsors, but now if you got to spend that money on uh, shock engineers and this guy and that guy and this, that, and the other, you know, a super late, a good super late's a hundred grand. I mean, used to build people used to build them themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. No. Yeah. The cost of everything going up definitely doesn't help neither. I mean, you can't really bring a knife to a gunfight. So they say, and I feel <laughs> mm. like nowadays you got to You got to be in one of the top three cars to, uh, to be able to compete for a win. And, right. you know, there's some guys back here at home that used to swear by their older cars and they've come to realize in the past couple of years, they weren't winning six, seven races on a weekly night. So they went out and had to buy new cars just to do it. Right. Yeah. Well, and the technology changes, but you know, I've seen years past that technology's come back around like Dick uh, Anderson down South Florida a few years ago, put big springs back on the car and started winning again. I, I, I see technology sometimes. It, it The old technology comes back through. It's a little different, but it's still basically the same, and you can win with it. Yep, everything everything always seems to make a full circle, that's for sure. <laughs> it definitely does. Even as three-stock racing, you'll start with a junk car, and then they'll get faster, 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 and eventually they'll die out, and then they'll come back with another junk class, and it'll build up, build up. The class I run in, we're, we're, we're still keeping it under control. We're, we're trying to avoid going to outboard shocks and all that stuff. But, I mean, the, the money that you spend, you got to be able to make some of it back. I mean, you can't just keep spending yourself into an oblivion. Right. You'll bleed yourself dry. It's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've heard yeah. about these guys yeah. who run these uh, outlaw cars. They're spending $80,000 on an outlaw. Come on. Yeah. That's just ridiculous. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, he's got uh, a family life. He's got a business. He's a super late model driver up against some fierce competition. I just explained that we <laughs> witnessed. Uh, how how does uh, someone like that in your stable juggle all that and make, make all that happen? It's got to be really, really a tight management situation. Yeah, like I said before, you know, it's a lot to juggle. Um, I do all my own book work. I do all my mechanical my mechanical. Uh, fixes i guess you could say on all my trucks and trailers and driving every day it's it's definitely tough and stressful to uh to manage you know i think it was anderson bowen i don't remember how how long ago it was now but you know he i give him props for when he did decide to hang it up because because work overcame his life and you know unfortunately racing isn't all about uh isn't all about living you know as much as i love it like it's always going to be in my blood and I know one day it's going to come down to it to where it's just, you know, you gotta, you gotta focus on life in itself and yeah. unfortunate circumstances, but 
you know, I give him props for releasing the letter that he did years ago, just stating that, uh, you know, life got too busy, work is too busy, and you got to do what you got to do. And that thought has crossed my mind more than once, but, you know, it's something in my blood that I'm still going to find a way to do it a couple races a year if I have to. Yeah, Kyle Plott's another one we lost, the Plott boys racing. They actually shut their operation down because of the cost. Yep. You know, we, we hate to see people like, we lose people like that, people like you and, and Bubba and some of these guys. I mean, you're the heart of the sport, and we love to have you guys race. We don't, I mean, the big rich kids, they come and go. They they come in, race a little while, and then they go on to their NASCAR or whatever. You guys are racing because you love it. You're not doing it because you're going to go to the Cup Series or right. run a truck. And to me, you guys are the heart of, of our sport. Just last year, yeah, Eric Thorne lost his team, Campbell shut down so oh, yeah 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 Derek Thorne lost lost his ride after winning the snowball derby yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's definitely tough you know for us guys that do do it for the heart and a lot of us don't get the big sponsors that that help out and they're all going the like you said the kids that are all going up to NASCAR which understandable I mean it's it's more of a televised thing etc cetera, etc cetera. but you know for the guys that are doing it out of heart it's getting really tough I mean yeah. It, I mean, any given race you're going to, whether it's a one-day show or a two-day show, you're looking at $5,000 just for a one-day show. Right. Yeah, I, that's another thing that I think they should do is lower the laps. by. If it's a 200-lapper, make it a 150-lapper. If it's a 150-lapper, make it a 100-lapper. And control the cost of the tires. That's, that's one thing they can do. And also a one-day show with limited practice. I think if you could do that, it would, it would help the sport. Definitely. Without a doubt. I, I love the Derby a lot, you know, and it's it's an expensive race to come to, and that was kind of our deciding factor last year. You know, after the, I think it was 21, we were having tire shortages really bad, and right. you see guys that rolling out just trailer loads of tires right. down in the down on the main pit road, and it's like, how, how do you compete against this when they're putting tires on every practice that they've uh, accumulated over the year or have a hookup from the tire manufacturer and that kind of really turned me down to come down there last year and the cost of everything. And it's just one of them things that makes you go, I kind of feel defeated before we even hit qualifying or the race, knowing that they've been on new tires all weekend and I'm on old stuff. Mm. Yeah. We, we had two races last year in the class I run or 2021 when I won the championship, we had to run old tires. And one of them, I won coming from the back and won the race and boy you should have heard him screaming about me soaking tires ricky <laughs> brooks took my tires off the rim he didn't just break the bead and sniff he pulled them off looked at them because everybody was crying i run soaks but i didn't I, I i put my hand on the bible i didn't do it but you were right about the tire situation i i, I it's getting better i mean uh, when i went down to new smyrna you you were only allowed to bring two tires they weren't allowing you to buy four and we have a two tire rule in the class that i run so I kind of like that it helps control cost, but I understand the super you can't do that. But they can limit the set. You can have you can have one set for practice and one set for the race, and give you two hours worth of practice, and that's it. And I think that would save teams like you and allow allow um, l- l- teams with less funding to yeah. have a shot at the win. Well, the one thing about five flags is you can put new tires on as much as you want to. If you get late in the race and you can't change the tires, you better be able to drive because that tire, that place will wear tires out. You better oh. be able to. Oh, no, I, yeah, yeah, I know. JD knows that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, if you put everybody out there in the late uh, snowball derby on old tires, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a show because it's going to be 
whoever's got the biggest set of nuts to drive it off in there, turn it sideways, and hang on to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, J.D., um, your 14 race schedule this year, is there one on that 14 race schedule that you've got your eye on? Because we, we uh, short track guys have been talking about a, what well, we started with a wheelbarrow list and then it went to a dumpster and now it's yeah. like a, 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 a container list. Is. <laughs> is there one of those races on your schedule that, that kind of marks to where you, you've got to put off on your shoulders? Yeah. Uh, one in particular, the Dixieland 250 up at Kakana. Um, I've led so many laps of that race over the past four years and it just seemed like one thing after another each year. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a really big one that I want to knock off the list, and I feel like we can do it. Um, every year I've done it, I've been by myself because I, my other crew chiefs were either racing in it themselves or they were helping somebody else. And I believe we've led probably, out of the last four races, we probably led over 300 laps. And wow. you know, we've just always had a really, really strong car there, and I feel like that's a race I can really succeed at. I, I run well there, so that's one that I've definitely been wanting to get. That sounds like Derek's luck at the Derby, getting knocked out. <laughs> oh, I, when we told my bad luck, my luck at the Derby. Every, yeah. I have a fast car, and every time somebody dumps me, I got stuck in a wall. And in uh, 2021, coming off the corner, this kid just makes a right turn, and he was I was at his door, and we both go in head first, destroyed both cars for, like, no reason. Yeah, that's just stupid. Oh, yeah, it, my Derby luck sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Finally had that car working right, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that car won. I ran a car for several years. It won the championship, and then it got completely destroyed. So <laughs> Start from scratch. Well, ever that. ever since that uh, I, I was uh, next to uh, the DeAngelis De crew uh, at the Snowplate, but they came down several years ago. I was like 04, 05, 06, something. Uh, I was really, really impressed and intrigued by how they work together as a team. I really got the idea of how that stuff comes together, and he had a big finish. Uh, I think he ended up finishing seventh uh, yeah. in the snowflake. And then we kept seeing him uh, year after year, not just here in Pensacola, but through the Arca Midwest tour, he's making travels to other situations uh, and really opening eyes and being a, a, a family man, a businessman, a businessman <laughs> and a super late model driver. Now you've got a crew chief, Chris Wimmer, yes. uh, big things coming in a 14 race schedule this year. Uh, John, we have, um, we're really, really excited and happy for you. Uh, we can't wait to keep up with you and, oh, yeah. and see what happens this year. And if you win one, we'd love to have you back on, please. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Give me a shout. I appreciate you guys for having me. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> yeah, welcome, man. Thank yeah. you for being with us. Yeah. We love, we're short track guys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we do. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> All right. All right, John. Uh, John DeAngelis Jr. from Hubertus, Wisconsin, Arca Midwest Tour Hot Shoe, uh, <laughs> on the phone with us. Um, uh, it was great to talk to you, and thanks for taking the time out to be with us and uh, shed a little bit of a light with what you've got going on and uh, a little bit more about your, your story. Uh, look forward to keeping up with it, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. All right. Yeah, you too. All good right. night, J.D. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. Wow, that was cool. Yeah, so that was John DeAngelis uh, from Hubertus, Arca Midwest Tours. Yep, good um, deal. Short track guy style. <laughs> Fun. That's right. <laughs> Enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. A lot. <sighs> yeah. 
Well, gentlemen, it's been another awesome Wednesday. Enjoy, <laughs> yes. Always enjoy this with you guys. It's I look forward to getting off work and coming over here and and sitting down and and talking short track racing. And that's cool. We got a another great guest on our show. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm shooting the short track guys. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. yeah, that's right. So, uh, do we have a different language? I can do it in German. Okay, let's try that. Eins, zwei, drei. Let's go, Brandon. Good night, everybody. Be strong, America. Thanks for listening.